0: On this show, they cover the biggest news stories, give their fact based opinions, and interview many great people from all over the fruited plains. These stories and experiences are what make up the fabric of this great country. This isn't just any show. This is the Matt and Chan Show. Now, live from Fresno, California, here are your hosts, Matt and Chan. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Matt and Chan Show. Chandler, how are you doing,
1: man? Matt, yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, this is the first week where it feels like the semester has really begun in earnest. Lots of schoolwork. work. am actually sort of busy now, which I'm thankful for. Uh, it's weird seeing all online classes. Uh, yeah, how have you been? I've
0: been fantastic. I've been busy, as you know, and I feel it with school. I feel like it's the pressure starting to come on. We're getting close to midterms here in a few weeks. We're going to get class assignments going. But on top of that, we have an election cycle. People are getting ready to go out and vote here in a few weeks. And I think we're about, I think, maybe 18 days till ballots go out in California. So it's going to be a lot of stuff going on. The election's heating up. Joe Biden's coming out, singing Despacito in front of crowds. These large crowds you've never seen before, right, Chan?
1: Exactly. That was, that was quite a quite a moment. I'm looking
0: forward to covering that one in a little bit. So, and so our first segment we're going to start off this morning, I think we got to say is the Trump train keeps rolling. He keeps rolling and he keeps getting stuff done with the different and various peace deals that we have here in the Middle East. And for decades, we've attempted to make peace in the Middle East. Trump has gone out and is starting to make this happen. And Chandler, do you want to talk a little bit about the Nobel Peace Prize a little bit, some hypocrisy of the left uh, regarding that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, mid-last week, Trump was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, This is coming after uh, they announced the the peace deal, the normalization deal, uh, between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. Um, And then early this week, or or, sorry, late last week, uh, on September 11th, actually, uh, the Trump administration announced that it brokered a, uh, a normalization between Israel and the Bahraini. Um, and I, there's, you know, every president in the last, whatever, 20, 30, 30 years or so, um, has said, oh yeah, we're going to bring peace to the Middle East. We're, we're going to, uh, um, eliminate this conflict, uh, o- over Israel. And, um, They, you know, maybe they were laying good foundations for it, maybe they were were upsetting that balance, Um, but the Trump administration has finally brought about uh, some actual deals uh, between Israel and Bahrain and the UAE. So it's a huge deal. He's actually done something.
0: It's hypocrisy at the finest. And honestly, I don't know if you heard about the reporter about a week or so ago asked Donald Trump, do you think you deserve the Nobel Peace Prize? Do you think that because you did this? And 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 like you said before, a lot more people have gotten this award that have done absolutely nothing. Barack Obama, he was even confused that he won the Nobel Peace Prize, as we heard in that speech some years ago. And now Donald Trump gets nominated. And we have the case of the Orange Man Bad Syndrome here. That Trump, everything that Trump does is evil, and Trump's not a good person, so Nobel Peace Prize, why should he get the Nobel Peace Prize? And he's done something in the past 30 days that no other president has been able to do. He's a president that hasn't formed any wars in in the world. He stayed out of of conflict, and he goes after the terrorists, and he goes after those leaders, and he gets the job done. And that's the thing President Trump is. He doesn't want us to be caught up in another foreign war across seas. He's bringing troops home. And he plans to have troops home by 2022. So this is these are things that President Trump has done that's good for America, that he's bringing people home. Why are we spending all of these lives, all these people, these are our friends, our family, Americans here overseas and, and paying for roads and bridges overseas. Why are we doing that? And Trump says, hey, we're going to bring it back. Charlie Kirk mentions this in the MAGA doctrine. He says, we spend billions of dollars overseas building up the infrastructure of all these different cities. And Trump's like, hey, no, why don't we start doing that here at home? Why don't we start building up? So, and so, I am going to get back to that reporter. So, I got a little little tangent there. But Trump was asked, and they and Trump goes, I I don't the Nobel Peace Prize. I said the real prize is peace. That's what he looks so. And I think that's I think the legacy that Donald Trump's going to leave as president. I think he may, of course, be it's going to be a very like when you look at history, you are going to look, oh, Donald Trump, man, he was a really disliked figure. But I think history. And especially if he wins this election, I think people are going to remember him as a great president because of what he did for this country, even though he may not be liked right now. And even now, later, you could see Reagan's legacy has been tarnished for decades now. But when we look back at the 80s and what happened, peace through strength and the various things that Trump and ending the Cold War into the Bush administration, that's I think is we look back. Wow, those are some significant accomplishments. And this is that first part. Uh, I think the Trump, this is like the second term. It's already kind of starting this transition. It's going to bring American greatness back. He's bringing our jobs back. He's bringing our economy back. He's getting big pharma out of healthcare. He's, he's, he's getting, he's privatizing and creating more opportunities for people and lowering drug prices and Trump, no credit at all. Like this, these peace deals, it was kind of like swept under the rug this week. I think you would have to say that Joe Biden's despacito moment had more coverage than any of the peace deals that happened this week. Oh, certainly. Yeah. And, you know,
1: that's a, that's a really great point. Massive, massive peace deal uh, uh, negotiated in the Middle East. And you're not hearing about it on CNN or MSNBC, Or if you are, oh, my goodness, Trump has a rally, and, or Trump has this, this meeting, and nobody's wearing masks. Or uh, Trump has this meeting, and everybody's in close quarters. It's completely ignoring the fact why they're meeting, to to discuss this peace deal, insane,
0: absolutely insane. Yeah, it's it's just swept under the rug, just like another day in the news. And each and every day, the media is out to destroy Donald Trump, and that has been seen for the last four years. And and this is something that people don't realize is is Donald Trump this hated figure wasn't hated a decade ago, two decades ago, three decades ago. It, it just goes on and on. Like this guy was somebody that people loved. You were like, oh man. It's like, that's what people aspire to do. Donald Trump was in rap songs, as Maga Hulk always points all this stuff out, when we had him on our show some months back, and he pointed out, hey man, this guy was really beloved, but then all of a sudden he becomes president, he's the most hated person ever, he's Hitler, he's a white supremacist, all these different things, even though time and time again, people have come out and spoken on his behalf and said, no, this isn't the truth, Herschel Walker at the RNC, you see all these people that have talked well about Trump, but... They're trying to force conservatives into hiding, that we don't have a voice. But no, I think the silent majority is starting to speak up, and we're seeing that. And we'll get later into it with Fresno and the business owner standing up here in our city because they are tired of what the left is doing. It's games, and it's destroying our country. So that's what we got on the Nobel Peace Prize. I know that was kind of quick. we are kind of got to move through the show, but I, I just think it's important it's awesome that Trump has the two nominations for the Nobel Peace Prize. I think you'd have to agree, Chandler. If he wins it or not, I mm-hmm. think ultimate, like he, like he said, peace is the ultimate goal. A prize, eh, it's, it's something. It's, it's recognition, which I think he, should des- he, he would deserve. And, and uh, so I think we got to move on into – so that's the Trump train update. I think he's continuing to roll. If the polling is the same as as bad as it was in 2016, I think Trump wins the election this year. I just think the only reason he wouldn't win is voter fraud. I, I honestly believe that would probably be one of the contributing factors, as we saw even in 2016 with the popular vote. Even Hillary Clinton, I think, won by three million votes. But then when you look at the amount of voter fraud that happens each election cycle because we don't have voter ID, um, that's something that we have to look into. So I think now we got to get into Biden's week. Uh, Chandler, uh, you got any news on Biden as what happened this week? So I think
1: the big news this week is, uh, Joe Biden is, uh, now going to be a, a Latino dancer and, uh, he's probably giving up his run for the presidency so he can take up, uh, dancing to Despacito full time. I think he should.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, so we got a clip for you guys. You guys have probably have seen it already. And when I saw this, I I didn't I didn't think it was real, to be honest. I was watching this on Instagram the evening of that it happened, and and I was just like, is this real? Like, did somebody make this? Like, is this something he was maybe playing a different clip? No, he was actually playing it. So here is Joe Biden dancing to the mega hit Despacito. Here we go. I just
1: have one thing to say. Hang on. All right. There
0: you go. Thank (laughs) you. And I don't know if this was the campaign that decided to do this. I don't know if Joe Biden did this off the cuff. But I know that he's been trailing in the Hispanic vote in the polling, So, and they were probably like, man, Joe Biden, you got to be able to get out there and, and really like attract the Hispanic vote. Um, and especially coming from um, I'm half Mexican and looking at this, and this is what the Democrats have done for years. They pander to the vote every four years, and they expect you to vote for them by offering all these different government programs, and it's really about control and power is what the left is all about. And this was a clear example of pandering to the Hispanic vote, once again, from the Democrats. And this was, I think, the most evident I've seen it, Chandler. I think you'd have to say the same. I I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? It's
1: obvious, obvious pandering. Very similar to the Cardi B interview. Vince Shapiro made a a good comparison. I thought it was was pretty funny. Do you remember, uh, this must have been back in 2016, maybe 2017, uh, when... President Trump posted uh, that picture of him eating a a, a, like a taco salad or taco vault taco bowl in the Trump Tower. Yep, I remember that. He wrote, "I love Hispanic." So you know that that was uh, certainly a bit of pandering. Very awkward. Very weird. Um, Joe Biden was seeking to one up him, and and he succeeded. I mean, it it's like uh, you know any time these older politicians like I think about like Elizabeth Warren's uh, uh, campaign where she's trying to be so relatable um, or or even like Hillary Clinton uh, or Kamala and Harris election. like her her whole push is like oh look at me I'm relatable I'm just like you clearly not um, yeah yep. Yeah, it 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 should bother you to to watch uh, Joe Biden sit up there pretending, yeah. you know, to
0: care. Yeah, and I just think it was kind of amazing to look at like the amount of like what they have to go to go to the extremes of like, okay, I'm gonna play Despacito, that's gonna get me a vote. Like that's that's what it and honestly I was after seeing what happened this week, I'm gonna pull up another clip here real quick. And this is Something that if people have been, it's been kind of a thing since the beginning, since uh, Kamala Harris was introduced, that Joe Biden most likely probably won't last through a few months of the first term. It's because of the stresses of the job and his and the illness that he's suffering with the clear and decline, mental decline that we've seen from Joe Biden. It's not healthy. And I really it's it's really sad to see what they're putting Joe Biden through because he's not completing sentences. He can't follow the tele, teleprompter at times. And I guess you could say the DNC, you could probably say that was a better better speech. they are very low expectations for the DNC speech. But then he comes out, and even Kamala has been saying it, but they, they have been saying the Harris-Biden administration. Or you won't even hear Biden said, like Kamala was this week, and the most important part is Biden, of course. Biden is running for president, correct? Right? Right, Chan? It, yep. right. no, I'm not exactly. in some alternate. I, I think
1: <laughs> you had a, a, a compilation of some Biden gaps. Just you know, you're you're kind of listening to some from this past week, but he's a he's a master at stumbling over his words, saying things he doesn't need to. It, it, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, and right before I play that, I want to play the the montage. But I I just think it's important to know that even Joe Biden saying Harris Biden administration when. Biden Harris, right? So here's a quick clip, really quick.
1: Harris Biden administration is going to relaunch that effort and keep pushing further to make it.
0: So, and there's more and more clips. You can look them up. Kamala Harris saying the same thing, and it's like she'll say Biden Harris administration, like she just leaves out the Biden, and and that's what we've been talking about since day one with their announcement of her as the VP pick is it's probably Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris would be the next president following Joe Biden, so and Joe Biden being that placeholder after he gets elected. And so I'm going to play the montage, and then we'll move on to our next segment. So here is some of the most awkward moments of Joe Biden's, at least the gaffes that we've seen him in recent years. Here's a quick little montage. No,
1: coffee. no, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. You said you were, but you're, you're now you got to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. We have this notion that somehow, if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids, wealthy kids, black kids. In Delaware, the largest growth in population is Indian Americans moving from India. You cannot go to a 7 Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. Chuck Graham, state senator, is there. Chuck. Stand up. shop Let him see you. Oh, God love you. What am I talking about? i tell you what. You're making everybody else stand up, though, pal. Thank you very, very much. And his mom uh, lived in, uh, in Long Island for 10 years or so. Uh, God rest her soul. And uh, um, although she's late, your mom's still alive. Really. Dad God bless her soul. I agree that everybody wants to stay in 500 in my time zone. Thank you, Vice President.
0: And that's all we got right there. That's all we got from Joe Biden. Time is up indeed. And I think what we saw, even when we look back at the primaries, Joe Biden was not winning the primaries. It was Bernie Sanders and Chandler. Some of the early predictions we had on the show were Bernie Sanders. And we were talking. We had conversations mm-hmm. with friends. And we were like, yeah, Bernie. Bernie's the clear front runner at this point in the race. Joe Biden was stumbling through debates and we were kind of like all right and and it's one of those things as we were like well we don't want Bernie because of the socialist policies but we're just getting Bernie Sanders policies with Joe Biden mm-hmm. I, so i i just think it's interesting and i don't know i just think when we when we listen to all these gaffes and we see the true side of Joe Biden when he's just speaking off the cuff and it's not teleprompter that's the true Joe Biden and we've seen it the 94 crime bill, we've seen it in his statements, and they called Donald Trump the racist. No, Joe Biden is, in fact, a racist in the way he, he supported, he didn't support the busing to schools with Kamala Harris, and even in the debates when Kamala Harris and Tulsi Gabbard went at it, and they called out Joe Biden on those policies. It's like, oh, that's all, again, it's slept under the rug. Like you said earlier, the media is going to cover up for all these gaffes and different things.
1: Certainly agree, yeah. Uh, we, we've seen that time and again. You know, you brought up a good point about uh, Biden basically sharing a lot of of Bernie Sanders views. And there was an interesting proposal last week uh, uh, when Tim Kennedy was on Joe Rogan's podcast uh, about Joe Rogan hosting a debate, a four-hour debate between uh, uh, President Trump and Joe Biden. And, And wow, would that be such a great medium. For the American people to learn what each of
0: those men stand for. Yep, I I, I actually love the idea, and I actually didn't recent listen to Joe Joe Rogan till recently. Almost said Joe Biden, um, and I just was listening to it. I really like the way Joe uh, Joe Rogan. Man, I'm over here. I feel like Joe Biden, and I'm almost saying Joe Biden again. <laughs> uh, and I just really like the format of the show, three-hour conversation. I like the idea of a four-hour conversation. I feel like we don't see enough debates before the election because you are going to be the president and the leader of the free world that we're supposed to continue to keep alive, this American project. And we only do three debates, maybe an hour, hour and a half, right? Maybe two hours. Man, sit him mm-hmm. down, have those debates, and have Joe Rogan because then you really get to see who they are. There's no like you could prepare notes and stuff, but when you're sitting down in front of a microphone in front of Joe Rogan, you have Donald Trump and Joe Biden. I think that'd be a fantastic idea. I think more people would tune into that. More people would go, mm-hmm. Oh, especially because Joe Rogan's the number one podcast in the world, or I think at least in the United States, I know he tops the to charts each and every week. And his podcasts you get millions and millions of listens. I think they would put cnbc cnn all these debates like they would just shoot by because people are going to listen to the podcast and i think we're in a time in american politics where things aren't normal and we're in a, in a time in our country where things aren't normal with COVID 19 and i think this would be a great idea to do, to get going like let's get joe rogan and joe biden and president trump in the same room i think that would be i think that'd be awesome i i don't know what are your thoughts on it chandler
1: I'm all for it, Uh, and and your President Trump has already uh, retweeted uh, a post and said that he would participate. So um, the the onus is on Biden now, and and yeah, I think it'd be great. Uh, And and, you know, just as a aside, you know, you mentioned that you only recently started listening to Rogan's podcast. It's very good. He's run on some incredible guests, and uh, um, certainly recommend. Recent episodes have been good. Uh, Ben Shapiro was on not that long ago. Edward Snowden was on recently. Uh, I've had a lot of people recommend to me uh, Tim Kennedy's interview uh, and Mike Tyson's interview was was, uh, fairly recent as well, and that was very good. So, you know, go and check those out if you're interested in long-form conversations. Uh, And and yeah, I encourage you to listen to those as well. I think you'll like.
0: Yeah, no, I I I need to do some more Joe Rogan listening just because there's so many great episodes, so many great people, and that's all I hear about Joe Rogan and. And I think that's a good segue into talking about people leaving California. I think with Joe Rogan leaving California, Elon Musk leaving California. So they're pulling the studios for Joe Rogan, Tesla factory. Hey, we're not, if you're going to keep it shut down, we're moving. Um, And a popular place, Texas, and then Nashville, Tennessee. That's another popular one in Chandler. Somebody that you really look up to just moved to Nashville, uh, or is planning to here in the next few months. Who is that?
1: That's right. Uh, ben Shapiro, along with the rest of the Daily Wire office, is uh, relocating to Nashville. That's the big news in the conservative podcasting world this week. Um, and honestly, I'm surprised it didn't come sooner. Um, for for a company with that much money, they Bringing people from all over the country uh, to contribute uh, for them to be in, in Los Angeles, California just doesn't fit their values, way too expensive. I'm surprised they hadn't moved out of state earlier. And, and yeah, it's, uh, I think it's a, a good time for conservatives and that uh, they're saying enough is enough and they're actually uh, putting their money where their mouth is and, and taking their, uh, all their tax revenue. That they were generating for the state of California away from California and into Tennessee. That's, uh, that's a big stand, and and I think the state will take notice.
0: Yeah, I I think that's uh, that's I think what we're gonna see is more and more business owners continue to leave, and and what we've seen this week is we're gonna kind of get hop into the California, um, and just see what. Like what's been happening with this and with the fires going on, the mismanagement of our forests and and businesses continue to be shut down and going out of business. I know plenty of business owners that have completely gone out of business. I've been talking to people in the city and they are tired of the lockdowns and the fact that other states have already opened up and other cities and even ours was not being ha- as highly impacted and it's still shut down. Most of the state is still shut down and... People's livelihoods are being destroyed because of politics, because it's a game. It's a game to the Democrat Party. It's a game to Maxine Waters, to Nancy Pelosi and Jim and all these Democrats. It's, but the thing is, it's not a game to the people of Fresno and the people of these cities in California. And we've seen with the fires and Chandler, what are, what are some of your thoughts on some of the recent stuff with some of the fires? I know there's kind of a blame game going on. I think this would be kind of the blame game segment of California. It's not your problem, it's somebody else's problem. Um, and they continue to blame President Trump and other people here in California. So, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. That's how it's going to be played. And, you know, I think, first of all, uh, you, know, as a, you know, we talked about the fires last week a bit. And then uh, this week, we've seen uh, really severe fire damage pretty close to home uh, up in like the Shaker Lake area. Um, Huntington Lake, Shaver Lake, with the Creek Fire, um, and you know the, the big thing before we start trying to attribute blame to anybody is uh, taking care of the people affected, and it's been really great to see some local churches and the local community uh, supporting uh, those affected by the fire, so I uh, just wanted to give a, a shout out to, uh, to all the people who've been uh, involved with fighting that fire and providing relief, uh, especially as that one's a little closer to home, um, But yeah, you know, uh, we're we're covering politics and so uh, we have to get into the politics of it. Um, Trump visited California this week. Kamala Harris came and visited actually the the Creek Fire uh, herself along with uh, Governor Newsom. And, uh, you know, we'll start with with Harris and Newsom. And, of course, they're blaming climate change and and by extension they're blaming Trump for uh, Allegedly not taking climate change as seriously as they would like, and uh, you know that's just that's not taking ownership of the problem. The problems here in California, the problem with the mismanagement of our forests. Of course, that's where Trump uh, points the finger. He said, "You guys aren't taking care of your forests well enough," and uh, and and you know there's there's some give and take there because uh, certainly the the environment hasn't been optimal. You know, a lot of the the uh, the forests that are seeing a lot of dead trees in them right now. A lot of that's due to uh, the drought that California was in for a long time um, and from uh, bark beetles damage. So uh, it, it's not entirely like easy to uh, manage forests, obviously. Um, and so I, I think instead of playing this blame game, taking actionable steps forward, Better managing the forest, uh, taking care of our land, providing more education to people who are living in these communities. Um, I, I think that that's the move forward. What are your thoughts on the blame game that took place? Yeah,
0: I think you made a lot of great points there, Chan. It's it's not there's no I guess perfect way I guess of managing the forest, especially when you bring in politics and a lot of people don't realize that politics is everything. Everything you do and everything you uh, pretty much do in your life has politics within it. Um, and that's your work, and that's going to church, and, and you're having your rights, your God-given rights to go out and practice religion, like I said, church, and, and various things in your life that they all have politics. And this is something that politics is, especially the environment you have, the left, climate change, Green New Deal, you have the right, okay, we want to conserve, we want to preserve. These are things that we want and cherish, and I think what we don't realize is a lot of the things like Teddy Roosevelt, first Republican president, to actually go and and have the national forest and protecting the national forest, and it's been a lot of the Republican presidents that have initiated a lot of these these things to protect the environment. Uh, the true conservatives, I believe, not socialist Green New Deal practices that are supposed to help the environment. I'm sorry, but those aren't aren't ways to help the environment. It actually tarnish the environment because of those deals and what we've seen in other countries and the disastrous facts, the effects of communism. Um, so Green New Deal not really a new green deal. Um, I think I'd probably call it the, I don't know what else you'd call it. I'd, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I think there has to, there has to be a consensus here in California. There needs to be measures that brought in. It's like, Hey, we cut the logging industry out. Um, that didn't help. It, it just started a tinderbox. you mentioned the bark beetles. You mentioned a lot of these things and it was just waiting to happen. And thing is, if we don't manage the forest and we don't have people going in and logging and cleaning up our forest, then nature is going to do it itself. And we're seeing the results of that right now. And we've seen the sad effects of people being evacuated from homes. We see firefighters going in and risking their lives to uh, go and put these fires out. And we've seen the the smoke in the air. And that that leads to other disastrous effects in our community with having people that have different breathing conditions and I, I go to work and there's smoke everywhere and this is not good. Um, and I think there needs to be, like I said, some consensus on this that we can, we need to make sure our forests are protected but and are they're ready for the next generation, but at the same time that requires maintenance. Any good thing requires maintenance. It's, it's, there's a moderation effect. we got to be able to go in, hey, we need to go in and take care of this so that it can last for the next generation. So that's a little of my thoughts on it. I, I think... Uh, there are a lot of heroes out there that are going in and risking their lives. And and there's ways that you can help go and donate a lot of different places here in Fresno that are taking donations for families that have been evacuated. I know the Fresno Convention Center has places for people to stay, and there's food being donated to these places. Various coffee shops and other local businesses are taking donations to help, uh, help these people. So that's my little thoughts on that, Chan. I know I'm hoping that it's contained soon and... And people, people can return to their homes, and and for the people that lost their homes, they'll have the opportunity to build up once again and find solutions. And I think God will have a lot of play in that as well. So, uh, do you have any last closing thoughts on any of that?
1: Um, no, I, I think uh, I think that's it on the fires.
0: Yeah, I just think California. I think it's it's going to take a lot of leadership. I think it's going to take a lot of like people working together to actually swing the state around. And we just need to get away from this partisanship, like, uh, well, I'm not going to do anything because I don't like you because of your politics. Like, we need to get past that. We need to come up with solutions. And, and that's why I've said time and time again, we cannot have people in office for 20 years and expect change every two years and every every six years. And we're seeing the big recall news movement because people are tired of the state being mismanaged, their taxes going through the roof, they're trying to implement more taxes each and every election cycle, and people are sick of it. And that's why I'm a, I'm thinking, and my prediction is, that we will see more Republican voters than ever before in California, and we've seen it. More people have left in the last few years than have come to California. So those are big signs that the state is going to have to swing around eventually, or it's going to burn to the ground. So, And we're seeing that process already. So... Uh, and that's where I kind of wanted to close in our last part of our show today is Fresno Strong. Um, we have a lot of people in this city, if it's agriculture, if it's business, people that are working in every type of, of, of working field. And, uh, and I saw this week from the business journal piece here and it talked about 150 businesses. They met up at No Surrender here in Clovis. And they talked about opening on October 1st. We're going to open our businesses and I think this is a great thing. And Everett, one of the planners said, we've done our part. I think a lot of us have really done our part taking guidance and what was given to us. And we are at a crossroads. Well, today I received two letters from landlords that are not happy and they're, will- and they're not willing to wait anymore. The business owners that attended to include not only restaurants, but also entertainment centers, salons, barbershops, gyms, and other establishments are hoping to rely on strength in numbers to divide the state and county orders. Their next step is to encourage as many businesses as possible to join their cause. Eric and others are planning a rally on the 21st. And that's kind of where I want to finish up is they're going to have a rally at city hall 21st, I think at six thirty PM and they're going to get people out there. And I invite all of you to go out there. Of course there'll be CDC guidelines, people wearing masks, et cetera, hand sanitizer. There's usually a lot of preparation that go into these events and people are going to go out and they're going to defy the County's order. They're going to defy the state's order and they're standing up for their business and livelihoods. And I think this is a good thing. Um, we've seen it and the covid numbers and everything else and i think people are ready to take the state back and they're coming in droves chandler any last thoughts on any of this or any comments to close out the show
1: uh only that i support uh support that movement and i think that's a great idea Or don't have anything to lose at the